How about one more sports show to preview Super Bowl 58? I mean, I'm sure you've seen plenty, but, but this one is your very favorite. This one is The Push Off. Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week and gets you ready for Super Bowl 58. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, like Lazarus, I have returned. Right. Dan, we're back after a couple weeks uh, hiatus. Um, We didn't discuss divisional round or even championship round games yet. Um... But you you were going through something. Tell the people, and uh, that we're you're okay. <coughs> yeah, as I cough. <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> so I had the flu. Had a nice uh, strong case of the flu. Um, this year I did not get my uh, flu shot, uh, as I was so gracefully reminded multiple times by my wife as I uh, lied dying. Uh, she was actually very good about it. I think she only brought it up once, but I was like, ah, oh, right, flu shot. I had gotten so, like, you know, we're all vaxxed up with COVID. I think I got, I got three, right? And then I'm done. Uh, I didn't get any of the booster. This is, I'm, I'm sounding anti-science here, but uh, now <laughs> you all have my medical history. But yeah, next year, uh, definitely getting the flu shot. That shit sucked. Uh, basically took wow. me out of commission for about two weeks. And uh, I still can't fully hear out of my left ear. So, yeah, fun. And you know, we, we uh, you know, there's not. If you guys listen, if you're if you're avid listeners, like I know all of you are, uh, we don't have a like a a backing of uh, of people who are um, giving us money for their uh, for <laughs> no their corporate overlords and things yeah. like. Yeah, so we're okay. You know, we're okay taking some time off. So, uh, really, if you go back and just really quick rehash what we missed is, you know. Um, Ravens beating the Texans, the Niners beat the Packers. This is the divisional round because we All makes talked sense. about. Yeah, we talked about the Super Wild Card round. Uh, we dragged Dan through the Cowboys' quick exit of the playoffs because you know we wouldn't dare uh, be allowed off the hook if if we didn't do True. that one. So that one we did. Um, it's it's really like if you look at everybody won the divisional round, you owe a little bit of uh, apology to Ravens and Lions fans because they're the ones who don't get the the victories to cheer on, you know, to yeah. listen to the podcast and and ride that wave, that one last push off wave through that. But other than that, I mean, you gave Packers fans and Texans fans a little uh, um, relief. Bills, oh man, that was a rough loss for the Bills at home against the Chiefs. Anything you want to say quick about the divisional round? I just very quickly the the Forty ers were fucking shocked by the Packers at how good they were. So I was like, it made me feel a little better about getting fucking boat raced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, didn't erase the sting, but pretty good. The Ravens handled the Texans the way they're supposed to. Uh, Buccaneers really played the Lions tight. Baker Mayfield made himself a ton of money. And uh, I don't know if psychologically the Bills can get over this fucking thing with the Chiefs. Like, it's it's going to need, yeah. like, they're going to need to not face the Chiefs in the playoffs to make the Super Bowl at this point because Mahomes just has their number, dude. Like, the Bills, you could say, were maybe a better team for most of the year, but this uh, this Chiefs defense is number two ranked defense in the, in the fucking NFL. Isn't that crazy? The la- you're right. In those last two games that she's put together, amazing. And and we are a full week away from the championship round, so there's really not a reason to delve too deep into the Chiefs beating the Ravens 17-10, Lions losing to the 49ers 31-34. Great game. Oh, fun. Uh, we can talk about them however much you want to, but uh, I think w- this episode is talking about the Super Bowl, talking about Super Bowl 58. L-V-I-I-I, as it will be called. Um, so we're – but anyways, yeah, the uh, the divisional round came and went. The championship round, um, you uh, texted me beforehand. You thought it was going to be Ravens and Lions. It's complete opposite, which is what I said, uh, yep. Chiefs and 49ers. Now, um, 
I choose exciting, you know, I don't, because this, we can talk about the fact that the Chiefs 49ers, like, nobody really wants this game. (laughs) Nobody's, like, clamoring for this. They're like, okay, yeah, fine, if the 49ers win, that crowns them as the NFC creme de la creme, and if the Chiefs win, they're a fucking dynasty, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but do we really want this? this (laughs) Wouldn't we have rather seen Lamar Jackson play the Detroit Lions for the Super Bowl. What a fucking, what just a cavalcade of stories. So exciting, but oh. Yeah, I would say that. Let's say, yeah, the the Ravens-Chiefs game, there were, like, the first touchdown to Flowers, uh, Jackson ducks out of a sack, spins out of it, throws a dime for a touchdown. He, he threw a pass that gets batted up straight into the air, catches it himself and gains multiple yards in doing so. And at that moment, I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch this in the Super Bowl. Like, that would be amazing. But deep down, I did feel like the Chiefs, being the team that knows it, you know, there's so much down to being a team that's been there, especially in those big games. The Ravens have not ever, you know, even if this game in Baltimore, not ever played in a championship game at least with this team you know not since Flacco and even that one was a a wild ride through road games to get there it was it just felt like the Chiefs would know and at the right time who to turn to Kelsey had a huge game massive and yeah it was just it felt like um it was going to be Kansas City and it was and that's why yeah it was was it disappointing yes I was I was going for the Ravens I put on my old Vinny Testaverde jersey and watched that game <laughs> but it did not uh it did not go my way and you know what championship week usually doesn't usually doesn't go Scott Hogan's way that's fair <laughs> it just doesn't but uh, well, I was a Cowboys fan. I can't remember the last time I was in a fucking championship week so, fair yeah. enough yeah that went your way yeah but um I I would be amiss to say I wasn't uh low-key cheering for the 49ers to not to not the Lions go in there. Listen, your Detroit Lions did something this year uh, that the I have not yet seen my Vikings do uh, in the uh, history of myself watching them, and I've been ad nauseum on this podcast talking about it. Winning multiple playoff games in the same year, never seen it. Your Lions did it. You beat the you beat the Rams. You beat the Buccaneers. Now. Two back-to-back home games against teams you probably should beat straight up this year. You beat the better team. Uh, all of that laid out on the table. I've never seen my Vikings do it. So, you know what? You, you, Lions, you went to a championship game. You played lights out in the first half to a 24 – what was it? A 24 – I'm going to scroll down because we're kind of talking these games throughout now. 24-7 half lead. Uh, and then had your hearts broken. Been there. Hey, been there, and now you're back with the whole misery loves company. You're back with my Vikings. And, hey, man, I, I feel for you now. But at the time, I was like, you got to go through these growing pains. You don't just shoot right up from being a, a joke of the NFL to winning a Super Bowl or even going. I'm sorry. It was honestly in the, in the third quarter when they went, you know, they had a turnover on downs. Dan Campbell, obviously, going for it constantly just because that's fucking what he does. Um, at least he's yeah. consistent. You know, he's at the San Fran 28. And people have talked about, like, oh, you got to take the points. You got to take the points. Like, Michael Badgley was not good this year. Um, True. They did not have a great kicking game. I get it that you don't want to put Badgley out there in an NFC championship game from 45-plus. I understand yeah. that. Um, but to go from... Turnover on downs, then touchdown, then an almost immediate fumble. Uh, an yeah, immediate fumble. fumble. Just fucking brutal. And then to score a touchdown on that, you're like, oh, well, there goes all of the momentum. Like, yep. there goes all of it. Like, what the fuck? Like, it turned so quickly, and as soon as that happened, as soon as the 49ers smelled blood in the water, it, it felt like the Lions could not stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if even one of those plays in the second half goes differently... You know, either they convert a fourth down, get a field goal inside the 20 or wherever it may be, uh, don't have that fumble. I think this is a, a walking away Lions win. Yeah. But alas, uh, now we have to face the juggernaut that is the fucking San Francisco 49ers. Um, probably the best chance to beat the Chiefs um, yeah. is, the, is the 49ers. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, yeah, let's lead into that. So, yeah, we kind of covered those games, shoved them in there. That's what I like to do. Let's hit up what we've missed. Um, 
so far where I'm starting, Dan, is head coaches. Mm. All of the head coaching spots have been filled since last we've been on the air, so we're going to hit all the ones we haven't discussed yet, starting with the Raiders, who this time decide the guy who intermed and stuck around and seemed to turn the ship in late season will stay. Antonio Pierce will get the head coaching position, um, was the interim head coach, um, will stay. Tom Telesco, who was the Chargers ex-general manager, gets hired as their general manager. Listen, Telesco did one hell of a job drafting on that that fucking we've Chargers liked the Chargers, team. yeah, young guys. I mean, he had he had some problems in terms of uh, negotiating contracts, but man, in terms <laughs> of acquiring talent, he had a pretty good fucking eye. So, Telesco's not a bad idea. Um, it it makes a ton of sense. You know, this is a Raiders team that needs some level of continuity. Um, it's almost insane to me that Pierce was a coach on Josh McDaniel's staff. Like you see, like. Clearly, one right. of them is better suited to the idea of leading men. Uh, like, how is Antonio Pierce the fucking assistant on this thing? Uh, he's turned it around. He's been great, and he seems like a real good fit for the Raiders. I'm excited to see Pierce. I'm I'm glad that it feels like uh, uh, Mark Davis learning, kind of learning from mistakes almost. Um, he could have stuck with Basaccia, uh two years ago. I was trying to think of his name. Yeah, that way, yeah. And Basaccia kind of turned the Raiders around better at that time. But Pierce has the locker room now. He could keep some people around. But the Raiders are going to look very different in the future. So it, it does come down to Telesco and the team he builds there. Um, the Titans. The Titans are bringing in Brian Callahan, who was Bengals' offensive coordinator. Uh, and the, he's going to be the head coach now of Tennessee. I think if you're looking at what, Cincinnati was able to do with an injured Joe Burrow and still, you know, have a have a valid uh, offense. You know, it wasn't like, oh, everything's on Joe Burrow and with him gone, everything collapsed. Um, they kept it going pretty strongly. Uh, T. Higgins is going to be a free agent. There's a pretty distinct possibility. He might want to want to make his way down to Tennessee, Tennessee in need of some uh, some big play threats. Yeah. And um yeah, Brian Callahan, thirty-nine. I guess it's somewhat younger. Uh, he's not hasn't been. He's not a retread. Hasn't had a chance at nope. a head coaching position yet. So we'll see how he does. Um, the Chargers. This is big news. Jim Harbaugh's coming back. Everybody. Um, obviously, Michigan head coach um, was uh, not only that head coach in San Francisco. So he's already been out there in the West Coast coaching a head coach team also he was quarterback in san diego chargers mm-hmm. we've been kind of inundated with those clips and stuff which i'm hoping that means they bring back those old jerseys that uh harbaugh wore when he was a charger that would be sweet the old drew breezes um, yeah they uh bring in joe horitz as the gm there in uh in la for the la chargers uh, Jim Harbaugh steps in and, and immediately becomes a head coach with the best win percentage in the NFL due to his tenure in the San Francisco. And <sighs> everybody else that is no longer currently a head coach will get to those names. We talked a little bit about Pete Carroll being a guy that got it done at the college level and got it done at the pro level. Jim Harbaugh is a guy that got it done at the college level and basically got it done at the pro level um, until things kind of broke down with Trent Balky. And can we all just admit that Trent Balky sucks? Like yeah. that, we know who was the fucking brain trust, and it wasn't Trent Balky. Whoops! Yeah, whoops! <laughs> yeah, picked wrong, motherfuckers. But uh, Jim Harbaugh, as a Michigan fan, Jim Harbaugh is allowed to do this. Like everybody <laughs> in Michigan's, like, hey, you gave us a national championship. That's what we wanted. Uh, also, we're going to be really fucking heavily punished by the NCAA here shortly. So you know, way to get your money, Jim. Way to way to get us a national championship and move the fuck on. Uh, we hope it doesn't get vacated. But yeah. Yeah, Harbaugh is an immediate, you know, he's an immediate one of the top five head coaches in the NFL, I would say. Just right now, he's a top five head coach. This is a huge get for the Chargers, a team that has some salary cap issues, but they do have a young starting quarterback with a ton of potential, like more skill and ability than Harbaugh himself ever possessed. And uh, probably the best natural tools 
that Harbaugh's had to deal with since, you know, I mean, Colin Kaepernick. Say what you will about Colin Kaepernick. The guy got fucking everything out of Colin Kaepernick. And yeah. I do think Justin Herbert is a, a better prospect, better talent, and better reader of defenses. So I think this is going to go great for Jim Harbaugh. Part, part of me feels like Jim Harbaugh uh, knows, watches his brother, knows what John Harbaugh's doing there as a head coach. And every time he sees John Harbaugh having success in the Ravens and, you know, getting near the Super Bowl or going to the Super Bowl, he's like, I could do that. Give me, let me at him. And he gets in there and he just messes with his uh, – Big brother. I think it's big brother. So, yeah, that's what I'm uh, thinking he's doing again. That's why he's back. He sees the Ravens' success, and he needs some of it. So here we go. The Harbaugh brothers back at it again. They already hit head-to-head this coming year in 2024. So something to look forward to, everybody. Uh, Panthers, Dave Canales gets the head coaching position. He was the Buccaneers' offensive coordinator. Um Poor, poor Dave Canales now deals with uh, that position and the ownership there. Uh, you know, maybe he gets the, the, the drinks thrown his direction soon. I don't know. He uh, he also wrote a book. <laughs> Did you hear about this? No. Oh, yes. To explain this one again, because I got into it a little bit. Somebody bring up is like, just don't – if hey, listen – you probably shouldn't become a head coach because we wouldn't have ever run into this, but now we know. So, yeah, talk about this this book he wrote with his wife, right? Uh, Dave Canellis and his wife, Lizzie Canellis, wrote the book, This Marriage? Question mark. The question that changed everything. Uh, detailing his struggles with uh, addiction and uh, pornography. So I look forward to most of the captains of that team reading excerpts of this book. Uh, out loud during team meetings for at least the first year. Um, and the, I think it was like sex addiction. And it's like, so he's got a sex addiction and also pornography. Like that's, he's getting it. He has to get it constantly. That's nuts. Uh, <laughs> poor guy. But yeah, you know, that's going to be a thing. Uh, listen, man, if you the- don't miss a day, that just means you're committed to the, the action. Like good for you, <laughs> David. Don't let anybody get you off your, don't let anybody get you off your stride, King. Do what you need to do. <laughs> Um, Dan Morgan, GM for the Panthers. Uh, Dan Morgan, uh, old uh, Panther player, right? For a linebacker or Panthers fullback? middle fullback? linebacker prior to uh, Luke Keekley. He was That's right. he was the man. So he becomes the GM now for this team, and we'll see what this this front office builds. I mean, Panthers, yeah, it's going to be a build. It's going to be some time. Well, uh, a couple. It's funny yeah. the the Dan Morgan thing is kind of interesting because you're like, oh fuck, really they're doing this? You know, it's like when uh, you know they wanted to bring in Jeff Saturday as a head coach. You're like, you're just right. bringing in fucking old players, really? Is that what we're doing? Um, it's he's for he's some. actually had a, a really good run uh, since he left the NFL. He became a scout for the Seahawks in 2010. So he you know he became a practice squad guy. He was really good for about six years there for the Panthers. Um, Became a scout. He was a, a director of pro personnel for the Seahawks, um, and then eventually became a director of player personnel for the Bills during their you know 2018 to 2020 when they really added a ton of talent. And he's been the assistant general manager in Carolina since 2021. So it's actually okay. kind of a natural progression for Dan Morgan. He gets like yeah, uh, um, yeah, he gets a raise into that position. That's good. All right. We'll see how that happens there in Carolina. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons who um, brought uh, Belichick around constantly uh, f- for some weeks there decide it's going to be Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris, who was the head coach there after Dan Quinn got fired. He was interim head coach in Atlanta at that time. Um, has been recently Rams defensive coordinator. Um, also was a head coach in Tampa Bay for three years. So he is around this division for sure. He's back in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a retread, but it's also kind of a natural retread. Um, he was going to get another shot. He was going to get another shot somewhere. I mean, he's been, he had been too productive, number one, in Atlanta, um, and number two, as the Rams. I mean, he is a Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, the guy put up solid defenses all three years that he was there. He's a good D coordinator. I think he's going to, you know, he's 47 years old. You know, when he was the uh, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that was 14 years ago. You know, it's like 13, 14 years ago. You know, he was 34 years old. He was one of the youngest 
head coaches in the NFL. Um, when that, I think he was the youngest head coach in the NFL when he was head coach of uh, the Buccaneers. So, okay, yeah, wow. it's uh, yeah, I just it's just one of those things. I think this makes a ton of sense. I think it's been long enough that it doesn't feel like oh, we're going to trot this fucking guy out there again. It feels natural to me uh, that Raheem Morris is getting another chance. Yeah, I think uh, you'd see a very different, probably, coaching uh, philosophy from a guy coming back that much later in his career. Um, Speaking of uh, first time through, and uh, now I think youngest head coach for the Seahawks, they bring in Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald was a Ravens defensive coach coordinator and I have him down at 36 which would make him youngest I think that's ahead of uh the Packers who had him before yeah Yamo be there up in uh in Seattle man he's gonna have a good time uh Mike McDonald funny enough almost every Ravens fan was like did you guys know Mike McDonald was involved in like uh some real shady Ponzi scheme shit like there was <laughs> well, it was getting around the uh the Ravens subreddit because they really didn't want him to leave. Like oh. Mike McDonald had so much love uh, there for the Baltimore Ravens. And he was a, a D coordinator uh, for the Michigan Wolverines and then went and joined uh, the Baltimore Ravens for a second time under John Harbaugh. So he's been a Harbaugh guy back and forth. And uh, yeah, I, I think this is for a young guy. I mean, everywhere he's been, it's basically been like Baltimore and then Michigan and then back to Baltimore. Like, this guy's had hard-hitting defenses for the last decade and a half. I think this makes a ton of sense for him. Yeah, Seattle getting back to that Legion of Boom. Uh, are you saying that the uh, subreddits are making this stuff up? Or there oh, yeah, no, they're making this okay. stuff up. They're, they're like I can see them reasons. being like, no, he did get into it. We don't give a shit because he coaches a great defense, <laughs> but... I don't lose any money to the guy. (laughs) When things were starting to get like, oh, Mike McDonald's, you know, interviewing with these people, like, I I heard, I I don't know, I heard he steals from the Salvation Army. I don't know. That's just, (laughs) you know, don't let that get around, you know, but (laughs) maybe he should stay in Baltimore where it's lower profile. Um, What was surprising about Mike McDonald hire is there was a lot of connection that Dan Quinn would get that job. He didn't get that job. He goes to the commanders. Commanders were the last position to get the fill who were looking at uh, uh, Johnson out of uh, Lions, offensive coordinator. I think he was like maybe number one on their list. Um, what's his first name? Brian Johnson? Uh, uh, Brian? Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. I have B. Johnson. I was like, think of the first name. Sweet Slo- B. Johnson. Yeah, Slowick out of the Texans. Uh, and then when both of those guys decide that they're staying, like reports come out that they're not leaving their teams, they're going to come back for the next week or the next year, excuse me, um, and then McDonald gets hired, the commanders bring, are bringing in Dan Quinn. Your defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, is going to be the, the head coach there for the commanders. Um, means, you know, B enemy is gone, stuff like that too. Um, and Adam Peters is the GM that we already knew, I believe. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Almost more shit is being said about, like, the Dan Quinn hires, like, oh, yeah, we hired Dan Quinn, but you know what? Fuck Ben Johnson. Like, that's what you're hearing from Washington. Yeah. Is, like, well, Ben Johnson's not that fucking cool. Like, fuck that guy. It it very much feels like a girl you were interested in turned you down, and you're like, she's kind of a slut, though. <laughs> like, it, it feels like a weird response uh, from the commanders, it, which is good. Yeah. Never change, commanders. Just keep being a shitty fucking underhanded franchise. Yeah, I don't know um, exactly what's going on there. Uh, it does feel like Dan Quinn might have been, you know, choice three or four. We'll see. But, um, you know, he wanted he wanted a head coaching position this year, and it felt oh, yeah. like he was going to get it, take it wherever. Um, I don't know what that means for what he's seen in Dallas. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm done here. I want to go somewhere else. But Oh, and he, uh, Dallas Cowboy fans were, like, done with him. Really? Um, yeah, especially the second half of the season when it seemed like Quinn wasn't really making any functional changes. Like, sure, we give him a lot of credit for what he was able to get out of Micah Parsons. Like Dan Quinn bears a lot of. I, I think Dan Quinn put our defense in a better position, but I also think we have some personnel liabilities that Dan Quinn could not and would not address. Uh, Dan Quinn loved playing a really small, undersized defense, and you could see. Uh, we just couldn't stop the fucking run. Like, we haven't been able to stop the run in, like, five fucking years, so it's not all on Dan Quinn. Um, but you could see he was playing an undersized, fast defense that was almost a la the Tony Dungy Colts, where it's like, hey, we just need to get a... We need to be in a fucking shootout every single game. 
Um, and when the Cowboys were playing well offensively and putting up leads, his defense looked great. And when they couldn't put up the leads, his defense started to really flounder and just get run all over. So uh, okay. Cowboys fans, myself included, had kind of made peace with like, hey, we need a new voice in here. There's got to be somebody else in the defensive uh, room that can use a Micah Parsons and and get the most out of him. I'm still crossing my fingers for Bill Belichick. Uh, you guys are looking at a lot of older uh, coaches for those coordinator positions. Um, once they hire it, we'll talk about it. You know, the rumors and stuff like that, and there's so many coordinators and stuff like that to keep track of. I'm trying. I'm really trying, but it's hard. Uh, real quick, let's wrap up the coaches um, and GM talk. Those are the big ones. Patriots, I think, still have a GM spot open. I'm looking. I just Googled it, and they say something about – a executive Elliot Wolf might be a de facto GM role, like just giving a guy inside a GM position. I don't know. I don't know the Patriots. They seem to do that whatever they want to do uh, under the veil. So we'll see. But that was you know just earlier today news about this GM Patriots GM stuff. So I don't know. Um, but what this means, all of this coaching stuff, once the dust is settled, every head coaching position has been filled for the 2024 upcoming season until the next guy decides he's not leaving Ohio and wants to put his hand down the pants of a college girl. <laughs> Whatever. You know, that the next one gets fired Listen, is what I'm saying. We all live the dream. Uh, th- <laughs> yeah, these are the positions in position here. Uh, it means that Bill Belichick... P. Carroll, Mike Vrabel are not employed currently. They're not even coordinators right now. Uh, currently without work. What, is th- what does that mean, Dan? I think for Belichick it means I'm going to bide my time. You know, because uh, there's always the chance that Belichick, in all of his evil machinations, um, is going to somehow be involved in like Andy Reid retires from the Chiefs and Belichick's like, here I am. Like I'm, I've yeah. ready, I'm ready to take the next one. Um, People so, you know, he's still he's still got some left in the tank. I think Reed still got some left in the tank. I'm just joking there, but wouldn't that be a fucking hoot? Uh, mm-hmm. Can you imagine Belichick getting his hands on two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and winning another one? Um, but yeah, there's there's going to be opportunities for him probably early next season. You know, there's too many guys on the hot seat. Um, even going into this offseason, that if you get about five, six, seven games in, people would say, hey, Bill, are you here? Can you help us salvage this season and then you know get us into another one? And that would probably get him the uh, the all-time wins record. Um, the only other thing to bring up on this is uh, something that I just correlated with is um, growing up, it was, you know, I'm, I'm watching the gray-haired guys at Don Shula and George Seifert and stuff, you know, head coaches, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, now it's guys... Younger than me, Mike McDonald and shit. Like uh, Tom Brady <laughs> fucking retires, and now it's like, oh yeah, no, no players aren't even younger than you, uh, Scott. The fucking head coaches are younger than you now. We are all going for the next young, hot, sexy guy who's going to turn an offense or a defense into the the hot big thing. And the guys like Belichick and Carroll, you know, they're Super Bowl winners, sure. They're old news. We want the young guys now, and that's what they got. And it seems to be, you know, like we saw with quarterbacks. Now we're seeing with head coaches. It's it's next the next wave. I I'm only thirty seven. I'm but a baby, <laughs> you know. But this is also the way it goes. We've talked about this a lot. Like I can't now. I can't buy a jersey of a person that's younger than me. Yeah, you know, it's a good rule. About. Like, yeah, um, I own a Teddy Bridgewater, but it's a good rule. But that's like reasonable, you know what okay, I mean? Like Bridgewater's I within Bridgewater's like within fucking reason, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like you would take. I'm younger than you, but if like if you bought a Dan Wright jersey, it wouldn't be like, oh, that's inappropriate. Like that's fucking crazy, <laughs> you know? You'd be like, oh, you guys are like con- we're contemporaries, you know what I mean? You and yeah. Teddy B are contemporaries. Okay. Um, but me and Micah Parsons are not fucking contemporaries. Like, that I is a you. young man. Oh, Jesus, talking... Teddy Bridgewater's 31. I thought he was older than that. <laughs> he's retired. Uh, he's a, yeah, it's he retired, retired now, so. Yeah, he's retired. <laughs> God, he looks... God, Teddy, what happened to you? God, he, he's pulling out the dreads. He's going to go into coaching for, like, a high school, I think, or something. Dude, he took a I job thought, already. 
I thought Teddy Bridgewater was mid-30s at least. That guy's got a fucking Methuselah face. Him and <laughs> LeBron, Jesus Christ. Hey, yeah, I might I might look younger than Teddy, but you know what? I, you I've definitely look younger hit, than Teddy Bridgewater. I've taken less hits. That's, my, that's my legs are, I've taken less uh, action. And, Do you think your uh, legs are better surgeries. than Teddy Bridgewater's? No. <laughs> still, no. Still no. Still um, no. But yeah, this, that's the sort of thing where it's like, once you're a decade away, you you don't have a full decade on Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, oh right, we're not we're not even really of the same generation. Like we're of the same generation as Mike McDonald. We're the same generation as Sean McVay. It's not crazy yeah. yet, but uh, you know yeah. when we get into our fifties, we're gonna be like, who's this fucking twenty nine year old, uh, you know, <sighs> star offensive coordinator? Then that's maybe I'll get and into what's wrong with my back. Point. Yeah, yeah, why is yeah. why is my back screaming? <laughs> All right, well, uh, coordinators, real quick, coordinators of note, um, the Steelers are bringing Arthur Smith in as their offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. There. He was a good offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Yeah. The Eagles lost all their coordinators got, or either got rid of them. Offense coordinator going to be your old guy, Kellen Moore. Yeah, it's a retread, but whatever. I know, I know how Kellen Moore thinks. And then Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator. Uh, how do I wait a minute? I think there was some. There was a report that they were looking into some tampering or some junk there, but that that disappeared without any news. So I'm sure they didn't find anything. Well, I hope it results in uh, the Eagles losing draft picks. That'd be great. Uh, Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator, and I'm super fucking bummed. My only hope is that Fangio, being 65, he's like losing some fucking steam. Uh, that's all I can hope for. Yeah. Yeah. Packers are bringing for defensive coordinator and new defense coordinator because they got rid of Joe Barry is the Boston College head coach, Jeff Halfley. We're getting into some uh, college stuff here in the next few weeks when we look at uh, prospects. So we'll we'll do, dive into that, see if we have any um, Boston College prospects to look into for that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's I, yeah. odd that he went from a head coach to a defensive coordinator, but, um, I mean, if you want to make the jump to the NFL, I mean, you're not going to make it from fucking Boston College, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's tough to make that to head coach to head coach unless you're going to win some Boston College championships. Um, we talked about the guys staying, Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick. Uh, the Raiders were going to have Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. Ah, never mind. He goes to the Commanders, and the Raiders, I guess, are getting Luke Getze, who was the Bears' offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's a real fucking bummer. Like, you might not <laughs> love Cliff Kingsbury, but the idea that you were going to get him and then you get Luke Getze? Ugh. I know. God, yeah. I don't, yeah. With the Pierce hiring and this weird stuff, I don't know why Kingsbury came, was going to be there, and then not... Now he's commander's offense coordinator, and the rumors are flying due to where the commanders are picking in the draft and where Kingsbury was with uh, Williams there in USC. What do you think there? Well, uh, so Lincoln Riley was there with USC. Um, But if you're a young QB, you're thinking to yourself, okay, Cliff Kingsbury has had a hand in Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury had a hand in uh, Baker Mayfield. Cliff Kingsbury had a fucking ton of uh, NFL prospects, including Patrick fucking Mahomes. So um, he's considered still a bit of a quarterback whisperer. He's had, um, I want to say he had Case Keenum as well um, when he was the offensive coordinator down there. So um, he's been producing quality guys for a long time. I guess what I'm saying is, so I looked it up because you're right. He wasn't head coach of USC, but he was the senior offensive analyst at USC last year. Oh, that so, I didn't know. I thought he was. I thought he had that off. Oh, fuck me. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. talked about him. Yeah, disappearing to the. Uh, he went to Bangkok, right? Didn't he go to Thailand? yeah the South Pacific? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but now, no. Apparently, he was. So he's. Yeah, he knows. Williams, there's all this talk about is he, you know, there in Commanders who have the second overall pick to go get Caleb Williams. And uh, we have some months to go over the draft, so we'll spend our time on that as we, you know, we get some quarterbacks and, and the prospects on their way next. So that's that's the fun stuff to discuss there. Okay, um, the Pro Bowl happened, Dan. Do you care? 
Uh, it's always fun. I mean, we have. This is literally our format. Like this it was is the fucking the format games. that we've talked about for the longest times. Um, the only change I would make is you have one quarter of the four quarters that a quarterback can't play quarterback. I think that should be a rule. Oh, you know, cool. You can decide what quarter it is, but it has to be an entire quarter where no quarterback can play quarterback. You know, and doesn't somebody have to be for throw both the ball teams. Around. Like, yeah, somebody else. Like you got to have a wide receiver in there. You got to have a tight end or some shit like that. But somebody else has to play quarterback, but a quarterback. Um, and that could be a bit of gamesmanship too, where it's like, well, I'm playing my no quarterback in the second quarter. It's like, well, I'm playing my no quarterback in the fourth quarter because <laughs> uh, we're going to build a lead and just hold the defense. So they did the flag football. They had points for the games that led to the flag football stuff, but it ended up that the NFC won for the second week, year in a row. The man, you know, Eli takes it over Peyton. Um, if you want to see that stuff, it's it's on YouTube. That's that's kind of how I watched it. I didn't watch really any of it live, but um, yeah, there was fun stuff. There's stuff I didn't care about. Oh, yeah. um, I they mean, the added, Pro Bowl is fluff. Yeah. It's pure yes. fluff. Yeah. Fun for the one. Other other news, uh, the Buccaneers center, Ryan Jensen's retiring. He's going to hang it up after this. Right? I mean, he is hanging it up after that last year, so he's done. Yeah, his, his knee just fucking blew up, man. I felt bad for the guy. And then, finally, the... Uh, the Super Bowl is in Vegas. Now, Vegas is the capital. It's the U.S. capital. Maybe the world's capital for, for betting. I don't know how, mm-hmm. how you know, Dubai and there's other places. I think that there's a lot of betting. I don't no, know. no, no. That's the capital of pooping on Instagram models. That's what uh, Dubai is. Uh, uh, I get those It's very close, up. though. They're close. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, one of the big things is that, you know, NFL players cannot set foot in a casino or a sports book, uh, bookie, you know, place, things like that. So it there they are going to be allowed to after the Super Bowl. It, it ends like after the Sunday uh, uh, celebration. If any of those players want to stick around and, and roll some dice and, you know, throw put some money down, they can do it. But they cannot until that point. Uh, uh, Mahomes made a statement about, He's like, listen, this is a business trip, but if we win this fucking thing, I'm paying for everybody to come back to Vegas, and we're going to have ourselves a week out here. Yeah. Um, he's got the money to do it, so fucking let him. They had that little uh, kid asking people questions, and he was asking Kelsey you know, what he's done in Vegas, and he was smart to be like, well, the last time we won, we we spent some time out here. You know, like, I, I'm not talking about anything I did this time. So, yeah, the, the Chiefs are focused. I'm sure the Niners are too. Um Somebody who wasn't very focused is a guy that we looked at in prospects when he was coming into the league as a wide receiver out of LSU, a man named Kayshawn Booty. And Kayshawn Booty (laughs) will be now going to prison for placing nearly 9,000 bets on games in college and pro while he played. Um, His games, other games, I think all of it included um, under usernames, like Kayshawn Booty at zero one, <laughs> in no way hiding what he was doing, it seems, and so now he will pay the price. I it just he's so fucking stupid. Like <laughs> apparently, we we talked a lot about him. We're like, man, you know, if this guy could put it together, he's he's got the you know he wore the fucking number one. He mm-hmm. is a really good prospect. God, when you're dumb though, there's nothing you can do. You just you're gonna be de- fucking dumb forever. Um, and yeah, Keishon Booty's going to do time here. I mean, he has to, like at least a couple years. And I think this is probably the end of his NFL career. Yeah. Embarrassing, embarrassing uh, news there for him. All right. Um, okay. Well, we, Hey, now we've hit the, we covered all of those hit coaching positions. We've kind of like done our slight over the championship games cause they were over a week ago. So I think we're at it. We're at Super Bowl 58, and we can delve deep into this and talk about all we want to on this big game. Um, we talked about it. I thought we talked about it last year. Maybe we touched on it. Something our podcast likes to do, and I think we need to get it out there right at the top, is give it our own little twist, our own little name. So Super Bowl LVIII 58 here, Dan. What do we call on this one? Uh, I'm... I, hmm. Because I think we had Super Bowl Louis was last year. Because it was LVII. II kind of looks like a Louis. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're uh, right. Super Bowl Louis Louis. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna just gonna call it Super Bowl Levy and Rose. 
Wait, what? Livy and Rose? Yeah, Livy and Rose, you know, The Life of the Rose. The Life of the Rose. Yeah, yeah, oh. you know, it's the the movie, Livy and Rose, or the, uh, the fucking, the song. You, you don't know this? No, I don't know this. It's yeah, a yeah, song? It's the, yeah, Livy and Rose, it's, uh, Marion Cotillard won the Academy Award for, uh, for her portrayal of, you don't remember this? No, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, and I, and uh, I'm usually good on top of the uh, Academy Awards, but I don't know how long ago this was. This is a song too, by yeah. This is uh, back in 2007. Um, yeah, it's it follows the life of French singer Edith Piaf, and uh, yeah, La Vie en Rose, or oh, sorry, it means uh, my life in pink, life in pink, my life in pink. Okay. Um, I thought and. I, we, I don't know. I, I had to have to go back and look at the other video. I thought you were talking about it being maybe like uh, Super Bowl Crazy Train or something because it was I, But I, I thought I, we I. did that one before. We might have done that one given how long we've been on the air here with the, yeah, since Super Bowl 50 and, and I thought on. I thought so the we might have done was Super Bowl Crazy, Crazy Train. I didn't know it because we talked about a Super Bowl Crazy Train. So it was either you were talking about one in the future or we've already done one. So I'm okay with this one being Super Bowl La Vie, or La Vie and Rose. <laughs> yeah, or Super Bowl Edith Piaf. Edith Piaf. <laughs> so if we, we want to get even more, even more esoteric, that's where we can go. Wow. Okay, all right, well, there we go. Super Bowl um, Marion Cotillard. I mean, she's absolute <laughs> smoke show. So yeah, no. It's I, possible. And, uh, yeah, has done some great uh, performances. Um, wasn't she, uh, what's the, the, uh, with um, I don't know. She's done ton of ton of great movies. I'm I'm totally out of it this late in the game, but there you are. Yeah, Marion Cotillard has yep. done a lot of nice stuff. Um, Dark Knights and she was yeah, yeah she did Dark Knight yeah Dark Knight Inception. She's fucking great. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good name for it. We are back here with the Niners and Chiefs. This is a rematch of the Super Bowl Live Tyler. I remember that one. L-I-V. Yeah, Super Bowl Live Tyler was great. <laughs> In 2020. Now, this Super Bowl, here, here's the uh, the neat, well, the odd thing about the Super Bowl. Uh, if you're having deja vu, you guys, you know, it's Groundhog Day. It is uh, leap year. Go back four years, the last leap year was Super Bowl that, that started 2020, 49ers versus the Chiefs. I mean, these guys are going to be wearing the same jerseys. The Chiefs will be in the red, the Niners in their whites. This is uh, also Super the Bowl year Pantone. That, yeah, the year that started, the year that had the election that we are going to be heading towards with the same exact choices of uh, Biden and Trump again, it's, it seems, from back in 2020. Great. Um so if 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 any uh, history here, if if we're restarting 2020 here, here's another reason why people are not excited about the Super Bowl is, hey, this was probably the last good thing that you know, fun thing to happen in 2020 before the world went to shit with COVID, which literally happened like after that Super Bowl of the Chiefs. Yeah, I think it was almost immediately after the Super Bowl. I think we had some rumblings of COVID 19 uh, prior to, and then it was just like, and shut the whole motherfucker down. Like it was so there Super it Bowl, is. and then we're done. So I don't want to put people in a in a shitty position, but the last time you know the world felt normal here, kind of, was uh, Chiefs won it 31 to 20 in a comeback, and here we are again. It feels like history repeating itself. Yeah, things haven't been good since then, by the way. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's not like things got better all of a sudden. Like, uh, you know, shit gets weird. So the election went kind of okay, and then we yeah, no, that election, least... that election was good. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, man, I, well, I mean, things have just been weird since twenty, uh, twenty uh, two thousand one. Really, since two thousand one, <laughs> things have been pretty fucking strange. So yeah, so uh, patriots. Who knows? Are Maybe this is just life now. <laughs> um, this one will be in Allegiant Stadium. That's in Paradise, Nevada. But you know, Vegas. Let's be honest, it's Vegas. Can the you imagine ha- being a fucking desert. Raiders fan and realizing you have the mm-hmm. fucking Chiefs and the fucking Forty Niners playing yeah. in your fucking stadium? It's the worst situation, probably. I can't think of. I mean, the Chiefs are probably the worst for the AFC, given how much success they've had in your division. Lately, you're pro- they're probably your worst hated one right now. 
and then the Niners. I mean, yeah, for NFC, that's that's the one across the bay all those years in Oakland. So it does feel like that's probably the worst matchup as a Raiders fan. God, a problem. Brutal. Look, good thing they don't have too many fans. We don't need to worry about it. <laughs> um, we have the national anthem will be sung by Reba McIntyre. Uh, so that, you know. <laughs> Did you ever watch the show, Reba? I, I've seen a, episodes. A single and stuff, mom that works too hard. Yeah. That whole fucking meme. It's fantastic. Yes. She's a survivor. Yep. Um, she, you know, whatever. It'll be a quick national anthem. How did she halftime. outlive Toby Keith? That's crazy. Hey, I don't know. And she's still performing here. Uh, halftime, Usher. Here's the thing. Usher has had a long success. Uh, I am not a fan of his probably biggest hit is um, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As If you don't, it, it it feels like it's the song you'll hear like at, at a uh, bar or a club or something where everyone's talking over it and you really only hear the yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just repetitive over and over again and it and it drives me nuts so it, it's ended up on my list of like songs i never want to hear again is that song by usher I, it's not I'll all of the usher. songs but that I'll, one g- I I'll give you an usher song that the best recording of this was actually done by the chuck e cheese rock a fire explosion band oh yes i know what you're talking about Love uh, in the club. The best the best version of that song is "Love in the Club." So, no matter what, I would love, I would love if during the Super Bowl, Usher features the Rock of Fire explosion <laughs> at some point in time, helping him with "Love in This Club." I would, I mean, that'd be wonderful. I'd yes. just be perfect for me. That's a very good point. That that is the coolest thing, and that made me really actually really enjoy that song too. So I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, but this uh, Super Bowl will be played on CBS, so that means you'll be streaming it there or Paramount Plus. And I actually got to, Paramount Plus for this. Just for, for the this. Super Bowl? There you yeah. go. Uh, Nansen Romo. Yeah. I can get CBS on a couple of TVs. It'll be okay there. Wolfson on the sidelines. Also, Nickelodeon has a broadcast of this, apparently. Fucking um, weird. So if you get, yeah, if the kids are still up there, you know, before bedtime. The first half, maybe. You got to put on the Nickelodeon one, listen to um, the Eagles kid and uh, Nate Burleson talk about the game. Oh, God. No. No, thank you. It's tough. It is tough to watch that there. Um, other news things here of the Super Bowl. Will Taylor Swift make it? She's, like, doing a performance in um, Tokyo the night before. Or oh, she'll te- make it. Technically night of or something. But, yeah, yeah, if you fly over, you, you can, she's going to gain the day and stuff. So she'll probably be there. So everybody who has a problem with this, you know, buckle and deal with it, I think, because – you know, I I don't anymore. Show her as much as you want. It's a silly thing to 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 get your you know panties in a bunch about is how much they show Taylor Swift. As far as the NFL goes, like she's a girlfriend, like right. She's she's just a girlfriend in the NFL. Like yeah, Taylor Swift, whatever, whatever your feelings on her. Um, yeah, she's just Travis Kelsey's girlfriend as far as uh, fucking football is concerned. I understand she is the only person to win Album of the Year four times in the history of the Grammys. That's very impressive. Uh, but you know what? I don't watch the fucking Grammys, so I don't really give a shit. So uh, for yeah, me, that's what I, she is. You can't just say that given how – I mean, they don't show any just girlfriends that much. I, I remember, you know, Kurt Warner. Tell that to Jake Browning's her, girlfriend. His wife all- <laughs> Well – you know, you wear something like that, you're going to show her a lot. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I feel like, yeah, you know, she's she's very popular. And I do think uh, she's drawing a cra- uh, more viewers. And the NFL's not stupid when they, they see that stuff. So that's another part of it. And, and you can argue that if you dislike it. But you know what? It only benefits your sport. So just, I, I think, suck it up with the Taylor Swift stuff. Yeah, it's like um, they're going to show yeah. somebody. Like, they're either yeah. going to show Brittany Mahomes. I prefer seeing her to Brittany Mahomes. They're going to yeah. show Jackson Mahomes. I prefer her to Jackson no, Mahomes. They're going to show Donna Kelsey. Like, there's never a time when you're watching a football game where it's pure football. You know, there's always going to be right. some weird special interest of like, look who's in the crowd today. It's like, it's Usher. It's like, oh, crazy. Like, there's always going to be something. But we can all agree that we are always willing to watch more of Jake Browning's girlfriend. 
and that's fine. <laughs> We're all fine. With that. Uh, another fun thing on this Super Bowl. Only thing I want to say here before the kickoff and stuff is, um, one of the Super Bowls that I watched. Probably the first Super Bowl I remember watching where I cheered for a team, and that's the team that won it. it was when the Broncos beat the Packers way back when. Uh, yeah, Elway and stuff, and that was Shanahan Senior winning it with McCaffrey Senior at wide receiver. Now both of their kids can do the same thing this Sunday. Shanahan Junior can go there with McCaffrey Junior there at running back and win a Super Bowl themselves. So that's a fun little connection. I don't know if you saw yeah. all of them, but Anthony Lynn was a running back on that team. And Anthony Lynn is the running backs coach and assistant head coach for the uh, the San Francisco Forty Niners. He was a Broncos running back. He was a backup running Broncos running back. Obviously, Terrell okay. Davis was the guy, but Anthony Lynn was a backup, and Brian Greasy was the backup to uh, yeah to Elway. John Elway, and he is yep. the uh, QB coach down there in uh, San Francisco. Uh, I so knew Brian Greasy of, was coaching. A lot of guys. Yeah. yeah, that's neat. So. We'll see what happens. That's what I. So that's the Super Bowl, man. That's Super Bowl. Uh, La Vie and Rose. <laughs> La Vie. Um, yeah. I didn't quite I, roll off the tongue, but okay. Yeah. If we're doing uh, predictions, I think most people are picking what I am picking too. I think the Chiefs. Uh, they've been there. Uh, we've already seen them kind of beat them. Uh, Listen, they. This is probably the Kansas City Chiefs uh, of all of the years they've been to the Super Bowl or even the the championship round. Uh, maybe the weakest roster. Maybe you know the, the most holes and stuff. And offense. This is certainly a better Niners team than what we saw in the Super Bowl the last time they were there against the Chiefs with you know um, Garoppolo and, and Junk. I think they've gotten be- only better. You know, with you know, now you got McCaffrey, you got uh, Trent Williams, you got junk like that. So, you know, there's that chance, but it just feels like the team that's been there before, and the coaches, and the, and the front office that's won it before, will know how to win it. So, my prediction, because it's the Super Bowl, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you points. 49ers 17, Chiefs 26. Interesting. I'm Two score. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go a little bit different from you, sir. Um. I am going to pick a 49ers win. I think with, uh, you know, Joe Tooney's going to be out. He's not going to be yeah. playing in at guard. There is a weakness on that offensive line. Um, I think you are going to be able to get pressure. The interesting thing is after that Lions game, they talked about, um, you know, specifically Chase Young didn't have a great game, didn't, like, play through the whistle. Um, he hasn't looked great. Basic, what was basically said was, we're going to get that shit corrected, like, someone's going to murder Chase Young. Like, mm. they're going to let Nick Bosa be as racist as he wants to be to <laughs> Chase Young if he doesn't fucking get it together. And yeah. I think you're going to see some massive fucking pressure on the edge. And with the exception of occasionally Rasheed Rice and if you double cover Travis Kelsey, I don't know if they're going to be able to, with that amount of time and pressure, get open wide receivers for Patrick Mahomes. So if they can collapse the pocket, which I think they have all the capabilities of doing, I think this is a nightmare matchup for the Chiefs. Um, and defensively, I mean, you got to go up against a team with Debo Samuel, George Kittle. You got to go up against uh, Christian McCaffrey. Like this is a loaded offense that the Chiefs hasn't had haven't had to face all year. So um, I'm actually going to take a 49ers team. I'm going to take the 49ers to win 24 to 21. Okay. That's a tight one, though, yeah. Um, And I think we can, you know, cover what ends up happening afterwards. We'll do a a show and uh, discuss, you know, who comes out on top and stuff like that because, you know, I kind of want to get into, like, um, if Mahomes wins this and the Chiefs, you know, are we talking dynasty? It's back-to-back. It's the first back-to-back since the Patriots did it a few years back. Oh, yeah. um, and, And he's been there so much, if not there, but a step away you know, is that it? Or if the Niners can beat the Chiefs, you know, what does that say for, you know, Brock Purdy and all that talk and stuff, you know, and, and you know, doing, drafting a quarterback at first overall or even first round, is it that much needed when you can get a guy who fits your position and, and, and gets in there? Um, I want to give it up to Brock Purdy, though. I, I There was a point watching the Lions build up that lead against the Niners that I was thinking – 
dude, the way this is going, the Niners are going to open that checkbook and write a what you know blank amount for Kirk Cousins and say, just come here so we can fucking win this thing. Because <laughs> if it doesn't work with Purdy now with this, the, you know he's available. He's finally available, and Shanahan has to be licking his chops. But now they're in the Super Bowl without him, so you don't need to pay Kirk Cousins out the buttload to do this. It seems. I I mean, you need a good quarterback. You know, you have to have a good quarterback. If Brock Purdy is not a, if you well, how can consider, we say if he's here it, in the Super Bowl, so was Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, yeah, like so was Trent, so was Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. There's there's <laughs> been a lot of also ran fucking quarterbacks that have made the Super Bowl. I mean, fair. Uh, fuck. I mean, even in the last like 20, 30 years, there's been a bunch of like. Jamoke motherfuckers that have made the Super Bowl. You could make an you could make an argument that the first two Super Bowl appearances that he was in, Tom Brady was one of those also ran fucking Jamoke quarterbacks. You know, the first it, two. it took a while for Ooh. him to for him to be that guy. Um, okay, but yeah, I mean, this was a Jimmy Garoppolo season a couple seasons ago. Um, I this is very much Kyle Shanahan's system. You know, mm-hmm. this could be the crowning achievement of the Shanahan system where you go, hey, as long as you get a quarterback that can play within the confines of what I'm asking him to do, this is a system that you can win with if you also have Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Trent Williams as your left hand. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, there we are, guys, for the Super Bowl. Um, I, I don't have any other notes put down there. Dan, anything else you want to cover for it? Obviously, you got the parting words of wisdom and stuff. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? Uh, I, no matter what happens, the fact that Patrick Mahomes has made six consecutive fucking AFC championship games. That's one of my crazy stats, yeah. Ludicrous. Absolutely since, fucking ludicrous. Since uh, starting uh, you know, his career as the starting quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, he has not missed an AFC championship. Has it Ludic- missed? It's, Absolutely insane. The fact that yeah. this is his fourth Super Bowl appearance in six years, I cannot remember any quarterback. Because to that point, right, as much as we talk about Tom Brady being the GOAT, the first six seasons of his career was at any point in time people going like, oh, Tom Brady's the greatest player in the NFL. And for the last I mean, yeah. four seasons, maybe five seasons, like as his his sophomore season, his first season as a starter, he won the fucking MVP. That's insane. This guy has had an absolutely ludicrous career so far. I think if Patrick Mahomes retired at the end of this game, win or lose, he's a Hall of Famer. It's funny. We're going to look back at that uh, Chiefs-Buccaneers Super Bowl between the two of them and be like, we had no idea what we were watching, but here it is. Um, Let me lead you then into the crazy stats then for this week, you guys. Thank you so much for coming back here for the Push-Off Podcast. I know that, you know, sometimes we've got to take some breaks for health reasons or otherwise. I'm going to be going to uh, Mexico after the Super Bowl season to take myself a little vacation. So there'll be a week out there, too. So um, but we'll try to get on before, you know, before I hit the uh, airport, we'll try to get on the air and do a little. It's just going to be a recording of me saying 300 prospect names. (laughs) That's all it's just going to be. Uh, we'll do the Super Bowl one, I mean. Then, yeah, then we get into the prospects, which I'm excited to look at for this uh, draft because, you know, my guys are picking 11 already. Yeah. Um, and talking about trading town, who's no? Um, so here we go. Crazy stats, you guys. Uh, thanks for coming around. We talked about Pat Mahomes. I want to start with this one then. Pat Mahomes is 14-3 and three in the playoffs. That's his record in playoff games. Insane. Uh, one more win, the Super Bowl win, and he would tie Aikman for Super Bowl wins. Only Brady, Montana, and Bradshaw would have more, and he is already tied with Manning and Elway for playoff wins. God damn. That is fucking outstanding. Old. Yeah, that is insane. Career. Uh, and yeah, we'll see how much longer he wants to play. All right. Uh, so many more crazy stats. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has more career rushing yards than Bo Jackson. Really? That's right. Now, Jim Harbaugh played for a long, long time and he didn't uh, shy away from putting his body on the line. Bo Jackson, unfortunately, yeah, you know, his, uh, quick lived career, but Jim Harbaugh, more career rushing yards. That's crazy Um, to me. That's a great. That's a fucking up. great stat. Thank you, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Um, oh, uh, no NFL player 
no player in the NFL who finished their collegiate career playing at Alabama. I'm not talking about graduating. No one's talking about graduating from Alabama. <laughs> finished their collegiate playing career in Alabama. Has ever scored a point in the Super Bowl? What? Uh, that yeah. can't be. Well, right. no, wait a minute. Maybe it's not a score point. Won the Super Bowl because we had Hurts uh, in there last uh, year. Has uh, never won the Super Bowl. Has ever won a Super Bowl. Incorrect. I can tell you, uh, Joe Namath. Did Namath re- uh, get? Did he finish his collegiate career in Alabama? Yeah, he was an Alabama quarterback. Damn it! All right, then my stats off. Yeah. No, I. I will I will tell you that that is an incorrect stat. Uh, Joe Namath graduated from he Alabama was. in 1964. Yes, he was. Damn it. That's not the one then. What is that stat? All right. Forget that one. Uh, Maybe modern one. era? I, you know, even that doesn't make sense, though. So nix that one. Um, these were written down weeks ago. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> these were written down before I was ill. Um, only, uh, three QBs have thrown for 300 or more yards and no interceptions in a playoff win for multiple franchises. There's only three QBs that have done it. Dan, can you name them? Uh, Kurt Warner. Nope. Really? Kurt Warner. You said for multiple franchises? That's right. Kurt Warner apparently has, he throws some interceptions or something. I don't know for the Cardinals, whatever. Uh, Tom Brady. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Joe Montana. Mm-mm. Okay. No. How many, how many quarterbacks make deep runs for multiple teams, or at least runs for multiple teams? God, is it Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> no. These guys are recent. In fact, uh, th- there's only one that did before Brady and then a guy that just did it. Just did it. Oh, Jared Goff. No, Goff's in the next stat. I'll, I'll just give you the next stat. But uh, this, no. So this one, three QBs that have thrown for 300 more yards and no interceptions in a playoff win for multiple franchises. You said Brady. The other one, Brett Favre oh. and Baker Mayfield. God, I should have guessed Baker. God, he's had a Baker just did it. The other one, three QBs have won 14 or more games, including playoffs for two different franchises, is Peyton Manning. Tom Brady and Jared Goff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's I mean, crazy. you have to include the playoffs here for the Lions there to, to reach that. But yeah, those are, I mean, so you go Mayfield and Goff having some great years, getting their names up there with some, some greats. Get that money, dudes. And that's my crazy stats. That is our show leading up to Super Bowl. Uh, God, my God. Lovey. <laughs> Lovey and Rose. Lovey and Rose. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming back here and joining us for uh, this episode of Push It Off Podcast. Um, we we enjoy doing this one. So, you know, please tell your friends that we're around and uh, spread it around here for the for the Super Bowl. And if you, ha- if you are going to be like us, diehard football fans that are going to be a little bit hard struck on Sundays from now on, wondering what the heck to do. Look, even the Super Bowl doesn't start until very late in the evening. I can only watch so much fluff pregame for this game. Um, it, it the season is ending, and it's it's unfortunate. We're gonna we're gonna be doing some prospect deep dive, um, which Dan loves to do. So come here with us to get you at least to that draft, you guys. At least over that home to that draft, because we know you're gonna be going through some withdrawal. Um, all right, but before you leave here tonight, Dan, do you have any parting words of wisdom? Barring hospitalization or death, you know I'm ready for fucking scouting season, but that's not what my parting words of wisdom are. My parting words of wisdom have to do with Super Bowl. If you were a football fan and you were going to a Super Bowl party where people are not going to be paying attention to the football, you got to let it fucking go. Because the Super Bowl is not merely a celebration of this sport that we love. It is a celebration of things other people love as well. Like chicken wings and elaborate dips and gathering together with friends. If you decide to be a dick about football during a Super Bowl party, this is like someone being super duper fucking religious at Christmas and telling you you probably you know shouldn't be talking about Santa Claus because this is about the birth of Christ. Think about how annoying that would be. 
and then think about how annoying you're going to be at a Super Bowl party. It uh, doesn't mean you can't worship the way you worship. Um, any Super Bowl party I host always has two TVs, one for hardcores, one for novices. Uh, that's the way to break it up. But just remember, if you're taking the game too seriously, just be cool. Football is a sport for everyone, Swifties and Gridiron fans alike. Well put, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way to approach the Super Bowl. I agree. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoy it, uh, and we're going to do our best to do so as well and, and be right back here to discuss it. So uh, we'll see you then. I am Scott. And this is Dan. You enjoy Super Bowl 58. Goodbye. Des yeux qui fondaient les miens, un rire qui se perd sur sa bouche, voilà le portrait sans retouche de l'homme auquel j'appartiens. Quand il me prend dans ses bras, il me parle tout bas, je vois la vie en rose. Il me dit des mots d'amour. L'amour a pu finir, un grand bonheur qui prend sa place, des ennuis, des chagrins s'effacent, heureux, heureux, en moi.